0: What's up guys, welcome to episode two of 8am. This week I have been pretty busy with school since getting back from my trip to the Outer Banks. um, I've had a lot on my plate. I did find out that I got like a 91, 92 on one of my philosophy classes on the midterm which I did right before the Outer Banks. So that is a W, feeling good about that. But now, moving into this school week, I've got my Spanish midterm, um, a second philosophy midterm, a sociology midterm um, discussion, and a reaction to upload for Spanish. Um, So a lot of things. Oh, not to mention a quiz that's due tomorrow morning. Um, So yeah, I've got a lot of work to knock out, and I've been a little bit stressed out about it. But that is why today I wanted to talk to you guys about the power of manifestation and believing in yourself. Um, Last night I was cramming for that Spanish test because I have Spanish at 8 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, which would be today. Um, And our Spanish test was going to be in class this morning. Um last night, as I was just I got back from uh practice and started to study, but I just had such a positive feeling, even though I am not nearly ready for this test. I just was thinking like it's all right, I'm gonna get through it, I'm gonna get a b in this class, like whatever, like no matter what happens, I'm gonna get a b in this class, and I'm gonna be fine so um. As I'm studying, it's about like nine I'm like, oh man, like I'm just going to have to study for another hour or two and then go to bed, wake up, take the test. Um, all of a sudden, I see a notification from my professor, and the notification says that his son is sick, so he is going to have to stay home. So instead of taking the test tomorrow at 8 a.m. in class, we get to take it at home online. And... Unfortunate. well, okay, I don't want to endorse cheating or anything, but we are going to be taking it with, like, a lockdown browser that, like, records your camera on your laptop, so it's still impossible to cheat on. But it's it's at home, and now it's due at 11.59 p.m. tonight, so I've got all day to do this. And that moment last night when I found out that it got moved was awesome. I, w- I threw my roommate's chair into the ground. I was like, oh, man, like, this is great um and i swear that kind of thing just seems to happen to me pretty often like that is it seems so extremely lucky but looking back at it i can there's so many times where something lucky like that happens to me i guess you'd call that a deus ex machina like something unexpected that just entirely resolves whatever my problem was or throws in a new twist in the plot um so in this case, his son getting sick was my deus ex machina, which, sorry about that, and I hope his son feels better, but it was great for me. Um, and my theory on this kind of stuff is that these type of things really just happen to people who believe that they will happen. Um, a lot of my friends are like, yeah, you're so lucky, and I I just think, yeah, I, you're right, I am so lucky. Like, I get lucky like this. All of the time. Um, and my friends are like, dude, like, why can't that happen to me? Like, I think it could happen to you. Um, that's what I think. But it just does happen to me because I con- I consistently believe something like that will happen to me, like, whenever I need it. Um, and I'm just going to get lucky. So is it really luck? To answer that question, I, it's hard to say whether it's all luck because why the chances are astronomical of like the same person getting so lucky so many times. So why, why is it that certain people get lucky like this? Um, I think that it's because they expect to. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I've been reading recently, um, from this book by Sean Aker, the happiness advantage. Um, so, there's a couple things that I want to mention. One study focused on time and how you can reverse time. One study focused on placebos and the placebo effect. And one thing known as the Pygmalion effect. Um, So to start off, the study about time. Um, uh, Psychologist Langer um, took, um, I can't remember how many, but it was a study of 75-year-old men. They took a group of 75-year-old men um, who would agree to partake in this study, and they were asked to go on a one-week retreat. On this retreat, they were told not to bring any books, magazines, or anything that dated past the year 1959, which would have put them in their 50s. That they would, that would make them all about 55 years old, um, as the study was done 20 years later in 1979, I think. Um... So they were at this retreat for one week. Um, All the materials around them were from the years of their fifties and they were told to act like they were still in their fifties. They were told to to speak about their old occupations, although now they were all retired, um, as if they were still working there and told to talk about relevant things to that timeline, such as President Eisenhower, I believe. Um, So the men did so, and they just acted like they were younger for one week. They all stayed in a retreat, interacted with each other, um, acting like they were 55 instead of 75. Um, So the crazy thing here is that after just one week of this retreat, um, the men were examined. They were examined beforehand to this study and then after. Um, It was found that the men's eyesight had improved, I I don't remember the exact number, but something like 20 30% in only one week. They all improved their eyesight. They were physically stronger. And not only this, but um, random people who did not know these men were shown two pictures uh, side by side of the same man. Um, One was taken before the one-week retreat, and one was taken after. And The average discrepancy in age, although they turned out to be one week older in that second picture, most people thought that the second picture was from three years ago. They thought that they were around three years younger um, in the picture that took place after the one-week retreat. So it actually creates physiological differences in age. Um, And this study just goes to show how we can in effect, reverse time just by believing it. These men just simply acted like they were 55 again, and the results basically made them, well, only three years younger, so not 55, but 72. But still, that is after one week. Imagine if they consistently did this, um, what would happen? Um, this study is so crazy and it just makes me think like if you believe that you're able to do something, you really will be. Like if I just believe I'm in my prime or I believe something lucky will happen to me, then I will be able to attain whatever goal I'm aiming for. Obviously, there is a threshold to this and I can't just will myself to be able to fly. If I could, I definitely would have done it by now. But I mean, who knows? Maybe I am holding myself back from being able to fly, along with the rest of our world. But if I can't fly, whatever. I'll be able to do other things, because I do believe that I can do them. Um, This study was absolutely fascinating. So another one uh, on the placebo effect. So you could argue that that time study was also placebo But these men weren't lied to. Um, They were simply just told to act in a certain way, and this had an effect. Um, This study on the placebo effect was done by Japanese researchers. They took 13 students um, and blindfolded them. They then took one of their arms and rubbed it with poison ivy. They said, we are rubbing your arm with poison ivy. Um, They rubbed uh, the shrub, (laughs) rubbed the shrub, on their arm for a few minutes um, and every single one of the 13 students developed symptoms of poison ivy. Um, It had already been tested and all of them were highly allergic to poison ivy. Um, This seems pretty normal, right? Wrong. We find out that the shrub that the researchers were using to rub on these students was actually just a regular bush. There was nothing Um, that should cause a reaction. Yet all 13 of these people who simply thought that they were being rubbed with poison ivy started to develop symptoms. Not only itchiness, it wasn't just in their head, but their body actually exhibited a physical response. They got like red bumps, just like poison ivy. Then, um, on the same group of 13 students, um, afterwards, they took their other arm Um, and did rub it with actual poison ivy. But this time they were told, don't worry, this one is just a shrub. This is just a plant. Um, And although they were actually using poison ivy. And then, this, this was the craziest part to me. Only two of the participants, although all of them were highly allergic to poison ivy, only two of them developed symptoms just after being told that it was not poison ivy. So this reminds me of like a time in my life where I went in this like bush kind of um, area with all my friends or a bunch of my friends. Um, Like six other guys got poison ivy. I didn't get poison ivy because I didn't think I was allergic. Um, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm allergic to poison ivy and I don't think I'm going to get it. I never got it. And I had never heard of this study before. But then I do, I can recall as a kid getting poison ivy before. So can you change whether you're allergic to poison ivy or not? I don't know if that's possible. I, I know some allergies develop later on in life and some you grow out of like pollen allergies, maybe stronger when you're younger and then you stop having them. Um, but I just found it so crazy that right in that moment when they were told, like it, I can see how it works that our brains would, cause our bodies to react with symptoms be just out of thought that makes a lot of sense for the placebo effect although it's still a crazy phenomenon but the fact that we are actually able to avoid getting poison ivy because we don't think it's poison ivy was shocking to me and it just makes me think what else can that be applied to like in any given situation it's just like little kids when they get hurt um, if you can distract them immediately and tell them something that will make them think about something else, they will no longer be hurt. They won't cry. You can watch it it in their face. I I have younger siblings and all the time I would accidentally hurt my siblings when we're like pillow fighting or something. I can see their face about to start crying and I'm like, oh man, my dad is about to kill me. So immediately I'll do whatever I can to break them out of that mindset and just try to convince them that they're doing something fun or be like oh my gosh I can't believe you did that or like oh that didn't hurt you can literally just convince them that it didn't hurt and then it will not hurt um and it just makes me think about how much power our mindset actually has to over us like to control everything that happens with our bodies even like our feelings of pain or our exhibiting of symptoms due to like anything that comes our way So all this stuff is pretty crazy. And um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was the Pygmalion effect. So this was where Pygmalion was um, a famous sculptor in Greece or Rome. I can't remember for sure. Don't hate me. But um, he would envision, he would see a piece of stone or a piece of marble And he would see exactly what sculpture he was going to create out of that. And then he would simply chip away the rest and to leave it with his sculpture. He had a vision and he believed in what it could be. And then he created it um, with each sculpture. And according to myth... Okay, actually he was Greek then. Because I think he asked the goddess Aphrodite to... um, bring this statue to life, this statue that he made of a woman that was like so beautiful. Um, And he asked Aphrodite to bring it to life. And she did. Um, And so the Pygmalion effect goes that if you believe in someone's potential, then they will actualize that potential. But what's crazy about this is it's not only about believing in yourself, it's about believing in others. Um, And there was a study done on elementary school students, I believe. They were all tested for intelligence, and um, the researchers ended up telling the teacher, all right, so these three kids, Mark, Henry, and Susan, I don't know, just some some random kids, these three are your brightest kids. Like, they are off the charts, very intelligent. But do not treat them differently, do not spend any more time with them, and do not tell them That you know that they are extremely smart don't say anything like that um so the teacher was told that and then also told that she would be being observed and she was observed to give no impartial treatment to these three kids although they are super geniuses um the scores were tested again these this class of students was tested again at the end of the semester at the end of the year and they found that those three students mark henry and susan did score off the charts they were well well ahead of their peers um in terms of intelligence but the funny thing is there's a there's always a caveat at the end something they left out until now and this was those three students mark henry and susan they were chosen because they were um among the most average of the class, they out of the average scores in the class, three students were randomly chosen, and that was Mark, Henry, and Susan. And those three students um, had no idea that they were supposed to be extra smart. Um, they had no special treatment. All they had was that the teacher thought that the those kids were extremely smart, and she believed that they were. And what ended up happening was that these three students became extra intelligent um, compared to their peers. Although the teacher tried not to treat them differently. It was simply her believing in their potential to be extremely smart um, and intelligent. Um, And what this makes me wonder is it's not even about how you treat them. She didn't give them extra time because they were extra smart. She just believed that they would be extra smart. And it makes me think if we could go in and tell every teacher like you're being assigned to this special class. They're all incredibly intelligent and do your best with them. Like they're the future. Like if we could convince every teacher of this before a class, every single student would become much more intelligent than others. Um, when I went to high school, I did the IB program. I was, went to a small international school overseas, and it was the international baccalaureate program. So my class... Well, my graduating class was about 30 something kids, 36, 38. Um I don't know. But I like I could have named everybody in my class um back in senior year. Um we were split into two groups like for homeroom. So it was only like 16, 17 kids in each homeroom. Um and we were all treated this way. I think they were like you guys are like they acted like we were the next biggest thing, like doing the IB in an international school. We're all going to like smart colleges and whatever. Everyone's going all over the world. Like we're the future. We're equipped with all these skills due to our like different ways of growing up compared to most kids as like third culture kids. Um, and this was like beaten into our heads so much like, Oh, you guys are smarter than everybody else that you're going to encounter. Um, And I don't want to be egotistical or anything, but, like, I do think that has had a major effect on the way that I've performed academically, socially, or in any other aspect, um, was because I've been believed in. Like, I've been told that I can do all of this and succeed. Um, so the main message of the podcast today, I guess, is just believing that you can succeed, but also believing in others, because that is so powerful. Um, It's really like everything is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you believe what you can do, then you can accomplish that. Um, And also believing in others, like believe in your friends and maybe they can improve in what they do as well, or your coworkers, your teachers believe in their ability to teach you, Um, anything like that i just had such a trouble my phone likes to um lose the ability for the touch screen and then i can't slide or anything i can sometimes get a tap in and then i have to restart my phone to get it to work again um and that's what i'm recording this on hopefully if this podcast gains any traction whatsoever i will uh buy a microphone and start recording on my computer and like try to improve my setup um again today's episode has been entirely well not entirely unscripted i wrote a few sentences but mainly off the dome um, and i'm gonna try to become a little more professional write out what i'm going to say um, if you guys enjoyed this episode um, please drop a follow download anything um means a lot and look out for hopefully tomorrow's episode or at least by the end of this week um i'll upload another episode and i should be including the name of an instagram that you can follow for this podcast which i will be um creating shortly um yep thanks for listening and peace out